Perhaps this is the moment for which you were created. Every single individual has a story to tell, and they're great stories that need to be heard. I want every listener to know they have the ability to change the world. Welcome to the 1720 Podcast. Welcome to the 1720 Podcast. My name is Kevin Carey. I'm here with my co-host, Stuart Shirtliff. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And we have construction royalty with us today, Melanie Rainey, president and CEO of Texo. Uh, But the story doesn't start there. I know eight or so years ago, I was serving at a CEF career day, and I believe you had just started at Texo uh, for that event. Yeah, I think that was my first or second week here at Texo. I was doing the member programs and services, and that was our our first big event, and that is where we met. You're right. Yep, just jumped into serving with Texo, and I think you were doing about the same. The funny thing I remember from that day is I just had a herd of kids with me, and we're walking through all the different stations within CEF, and I'm a glazing guy, and none of the stations were glazing. (laughs) And so we were taking them to ductwork, and they said, yeah, just speak a little bit about ductwork, and then go to plumbing. I'm like, I can't. That's PVC pipe. <laughs> Next, that's duct work. And the kids were like, I hope I don't have to work for that guy someday. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know what I remember about that? I had just run my first marathon and I could barely walk that week. Right after that? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't think I knew that. It was very painful. I like how you said first marathon. It was. Have there been su- subsequent marathons? There, there was another one. So Oof. there's only two. I've run zero. So there you go. <laughs> it, it's a It's a trip. I'm not sure I would recommend it. Right. right. So tell us, uh, how do we get to that CEF meeting with, with Kevin? I mean, I know that everyone's story uh, is different and all, all roads are kind of winding, but how do you end up here uh, at Texo in that position? Then we'll pick it up from there as to how you get from there to here. A nice, long, twisty road. But uh, I started out and I was born and raised in a small town in Oklahoma and thought I wanted to be a structural engineer. And I made it through about two days of that, uh, studying at OU. And then I quickly changed my major to architecture. And a few years into that, I picked up construction management as my minor and really realized that that was probably my passion. But I was already three years into architecture and so decided just to graduate. I came down and I worked at Beck, which is a design build firm that is headquartered here in Dallas and did my summer internship with them in 04. And just absolutely fell in love with the design build process. Came back to Dallas once I graduated and worked for Beck for about nine years and started in architecture, quickly moved into construction. And I went to work on a job site in the winter in downtown Dallas. And boy, you saw just the inner workings of the construction job site. And again, just my passion for construction was really ignited there. And I stayed at Beck for about nine years and then had the opportunity to move to Texo and lead their member programs and services and focused really on leadership training. And so I've been here since 2013. I was in that position for about, um, I guess about a year and a half. And then the president and CEO position opened up and submitted my resume and got it. There you go. Nine, 10, 12, 14 years in a couple of minutes. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I think that's probably Kevin and my, or our first interactions with Melanie are probably similar and that I was, I think, chairing the YCC at the time. I think you were. And you were dropped into that group. It was like, this is this is yours. And I was like, all right, cool. Because I, I can't even recall who was helping us at the time. Um, but then that's when that's when we became uh, friends and started picking up from there. And so I've known Melanie for however long you've been at Texo. 
Yeah, uh, has about been seven years. Man, time is so fast. Should we give the elevator pitch on what Texo is for listeners that may not know? Yeah, I, I've often had the thought that we talk a lot about uh, Texo and the YCC and acronyms, and probably nobody knows what that is. But let's let Melanie give give the elevator pitch for Texo. Sure. So we're the construction association that represents Dallas, Fort Worth, and all of East Texas. And we're a chapter of two national associations, the largest construction national associations out there. AGC, Associated General Contractors, and then ABC, Associated Builders and Contractors. So we represent about 230 construction companies and around 100 industry members. So total about 330 companies that Texo represents in the commercial construction uh, market. And what's the geography on that? So we're the 60 counties in north and east Texas. So we go just a little bit west of Fort Worth and then we go all the way to the state line in Louisiana and then to the state line in Oklahoma. Gotcha. The other acronym we crush uh, between Kevin and I is the YCC, which obviously is the Young Constructors Council for Texo. Uh, what's your elevator pitch for tech, uh, for YCC? It is our emerging professionals group under the age of 35. And they're really the professionals that are, they are emerging, but a lot of them are, are current leaders also. And so you have to be nominated by your company to be in it. Typically, the CEO nominates you. And we have around 260 of those young professionals representing about 75 companies that are Texo members. That is that is spot on. And that's been a group that's near and dear to my heart for a long time. So They're incredible. Yeah, it's a great, great, great group. Um, tell us about, um, I mean... You, you can kind of tell a lot from people's voices on the right, on the mic, right? So clearly Melanie is a woman and in the construction industry, um, that is changing, but hasn't always been a, a lot of women in the industry. So let's talk, let's focus in on that a little bit about what your experience has been, uh, being a woman in the industry first and then how you've seen changes or progression, uh, over the seven years you've been here at Texo as it relates to women in construction. Yeah. It, it's definitely an issue that's near and dear to my heart because I, I, I think that construction is such an amazing industry that most women never even consider as a career opportunity. I mean, I, I didn't growing up in a really small town in Oklahoma. When you think of construction, you think of hammering or, you know, hammering nails or bending rebar, what you see on the highway. You know, you think of the, the trades, which is a, a very critical part of construction, but I never even thought of it as a career for me. And so I think that's, you know, a big misnomer out there that we have, we have to address. But then, you know, I never really even, and this is probably kudos to the way my parents raised me, but I never thought that I couldn't do anything. It, it never even dawned into my head when I was in college that, oh, architecture construction is a male dominated industry. So I shouldn't go, I shouldn't go there. But I was, it was actually that first job site that I was on in downtown Dallas. And I had, um, the iron workers were following me around on the job site based off of my perfume. Like I could hear them over the, over the, the radios. And so that was kind of the first moment that it dawned on me that was like, Oh, I'm different. Like <laughs> they're not talking about other dudes in the radio. They're talking about my perfume, uh-huh. um, which one told me I probably wore too much perfume. Um, but then two, it was, I'm, I'm different. And so, I had, there was a great superintendent out there who coached me through the situation. And I'm so thankful for him. He actually had three daughters and I think he, that, that helped him coach. That changes things. Yeah. Um, but he, he pretty much was like, just, you need to go stand up to him and don't let him in a very respectful way. They need to know that that's not okay. And I'm going to be right behind you when you go do it, but you have to go address it. 
And so that was the first time that it, it, I think the reality kind of set in of there are probably going to be situations that are really hard as a female in construction, but you can do it and just tackle it. I think talking through the first time we met at CEF, you know, current position, director of membership, and you very quickly jumped into, you know, next step was uh, president of Texo. And I think there's something to unpack there uh, relative to being a woman in construction, because I think that was a tough road for you. And because you and I became really good friends over the years and getting that behind the scenes look of your journey, sometimes grueling journey up towards that next level. So could you kind of speak on that a little bit? Yeah, that was a that, that was a really tough time. Uh just looking back on it, you know, our our CEO had left and his his responsibilities were really given to two of us here in the office. And so after a few months of doing some of the CEO's responsibilities, I it really dawned on me that I I liked this. And you know, I came from the industry and I really wasn't very familiar with the association world. Mm-hmm. I really thought that I was staying in construction and just kind of moving companies. I didn't realize that moving to an association was a very clear career change. And so once that started to to dawn on me and I started to take on some of these CEO tasks, I I really just liked it and I I love our members. And so I kind of naturally just drifted into that and actually decided to submit my resume and and nobody knew. I didn't none of the team here at Texo knew. Most of our board didn't know it was just a search committee. Mm-hmm. And they got quite a few resumes from all across the country. And, and it was about a nine month interview process. And so I went on four or five interviews with the selection committee and it came down to me and another male and a male. And so it was a, and it took about a month for that final decision. And it was really, um, it was, it was exciting, but it was also very scary Yeah, because this is, you know, this is an in most terms, it's a good old boys club construction is, and especially the construction association. So when you go, you know, the, the pictures on the the wall are just a lot of old dead white guys, just quite frankly. And so it's a little terrifying to think of, I was a 33 year old female architect, nonetheless, at the time that was about to take over their beloved construction association. And they, they didn't know me. So it was, um, you know, I'd only been at Texo, not even a, not even two years, so I was still meeting a lot of the members. Um, so I, you know, there was a lot of joy when I found out that I was the one who got it, but it, I quickly um, rushed into scared because then it was going to be blasted to our entire membership, mm-hmm. and so I was really worried how it was going to be perceived and how I would be received as this new president and CEO. You know, I have a um, a, a unique. A different perspective on that because I never saw scared. I, ne- I never saw, I saw bold and confident, right? I never saw that underlayer of all of it. Um, but I could, uh, I'm, I'm becoming more aware of the things I don't see. You know, there's a, we talked a little about Brian, uh, a few episodes ago and, uh, my, my wife and I talk, Ashley and I talk a lot about how I never, I don't know what it's like to be a woman at the law firm like she was. And, and I don't know what it's like to be a woman in construction. And so yeah. th- this notion that it's going to get blasted out to a bunch of largely dudes. Uh, that a woman is leading the association, that, that fear, I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. I didn't sleep the night before it went out. The board approved it on a Wednesday and it was going to be blasted at 10 a.m. on Thursday. 
And I didn't sleep a wink on Wednesday night before it went out on Thursday. Just. I mean, what's your biggest fear in that situation? What's the, I mean, I get the notion that there is fear, but what is it more specifically honed around? I think it's probably that it was going to, you know, probably 10 plus thousand people and a lot of people that don't know me. And so the quick judgment of being, you know, when I walk into a room of peers across the country with AGC and ABC chapters, I'm different. I mean, and thankfully over the last five years, we've gotten a a lot more females in those positions. But five years ago, I was about the only one. And so that's just, it, it just creates this thing of, are, are you where you're supposed to be? Um, it shakes your confidence a little bit. And so thankfully, you know, like I said, I think my parents grounded me in a whole lot of confidence that I was able to overcome that. But it is this, you're going to get this immediate judgment of being a younger female architect taking over a large construction association, one of the largest in the country, you know, and it, and a lot of, a lot of people place a lot of trust and, you know, this is their association mm-hmm. and it should be, they take ownership of it. And so I, after it actually was announced, I probably went on 75 to a hundred more interviews, quote unquote, because members wanted to interview me because I was taking over their association. And just needed to know who you are. And Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I, it didn't dawn on me until now the significance of that because I saw it from a friend being a cheerleader for you just for a natural promotion, but I didn't understand the significance of you stepping into this role as a woman in a male dominated industry. Ironically, I didn't either. Yeah. (laughs) It was just to me, it was, I love, I love Texo. I love our members. I'm, I'm really enjoying this work. I want to do it. And it really took a little, a little bit of processing to realize, oh my goodness, what just happened? Right. But it's important. I see the importance now and the significance of it now. And how much impact you can have in this position. And in each meeting that I see you go to um, at webinars, in person, whatever, uh, you always hold that confidence. And I think you're inspiring women um, outside and inside construction to say, man, I can make it to that level regardless of my gender, uh, purely based on my qualifications. So it's really exciting to see. Thanks. uh, it's been a journey. It still is. Definitely not over. Oh, the journey is in the middle of just a pandemic. It's just beginning. I can, <laughs> Literally. I, I mean, goodness gracious. I, I know the association took, uh, had, it, um, I don't know what the right word is, it pivoted to help in ways that they had not helped before. And I, I can remember being up here at the Texas office when I probably shouldn't have been. And it was full of masks and thermometers and just the, uh, see, to see you guys react and step into an area that needed someone to step into was amazing to see like what Texo and what you under, under your leadership has done for the industry just in that little microcosm uh, has been amazing. And so the journey and you're in the middle of a journey, but kudos to the distance that you've come so far. Yeah. We, uh, it's pretty neat to see how I admire the leaders who just do things like who react really quickly and then come to find out it was like, man, that was a pretty bold move. Like, I'm glad they had the guts to do that. And that's just what our, our team rallied and did when that moment of, I had a friend who texted me on a Sunday afternoon. He's like, she said, Hey, I'm ordering touchless thermometers. And it was the day before Dallas County was coming out with this. And I was like, yep, we'll take 2000. And it, you know, come to find out that was one of the, the probably best decisions that we could have made was to order them that day. Right. Right. Cause you, you wait 
12 hours, you, you're out. You can't yeah. get no problem. Yeah. And it, it still took us quite a while, but I'm so thankful that our board allows us to do that. Like our, our board gives us permission to go do things that other associations don't do. They don't, they don't put us in this little box that says the association does this. Our board tells us you do what the industry needs. You have permission, go. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to like wallow in the, the, that moment of fear. But when you said it, like a, a few things resonated with me that I want to like take us back to and talk about. Um, there has to be something through that period, however long it lasted from, you know, the night you don't sleep knowing that it's going to get blasted out, uh, to, to today where that, that fear has, has dissipated. And, and tell us what that is. Is it a person? Is it a, is it a, a, a community? What, what is it that you lean on or rely on to, to make it through, to bridge from that spot to wherever the end, end was? What was it? What is it? Man, there's, there's, I could rattle off probably 15 things, but you know, I have such a strong community of friends, of you two being, you know, part of them that just are, are always encouraging and always motivating to never be mediocre. It's always be better. Like in everything that you do, give it your absolute all and always work to be better. And that sounds so simple, but man, it's important. Every single day when you wake up and say, I'm not going to be mediocre. I'm going to give today everything that I have. And when I crawl into bed, sometimes at 830, I'm, I know that I've given it everything that I had um, and I'm done, you know, for the day. And so that that's huge. And then there's a verse that um, always has these last probably four or five years are really just given me a ton of peace. And it's um, perhaps this is the moment for which you were created. And that verse has literally <laughs> been in my heart just pretty much every single day of giving me the peace that, you know, if the Lord didn't want me here, I wouldn't be here. Like I'm here because of him. And so everything that I do He's going to give me the strength as long as I'm walking in his footsteps to do it. And so that is, that's probably the most reassuring piece that I could, I could ever ask for. Um, I mean, I won't tell, this is not about me and I won't tell my story here, but I, 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 I knew you were going to say that because I remember going through a space and you said it to me. Uh, and it meant a lot at the time. And so to hear you like say that, that that was for you at, at that moment, what, what, what constituted at least a, a large part of the bridge. Uh, is is awesome to hear, and I, yeah. I, I I'm looking it up while we're talking. I think it's Esther four fourteen, right? It, it yeah. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I have a this awesome gift that is in my <laughs> closet um, that it says that, and uh, somebody gave it to me for my wedding. Stuart Shirtliff, um, and <laughs> Ashley Shirtliff's idea. I'll give her credit. <laughs> Good jo- thank you, Ashley. Yeah. But it's in my closet, and I see it every single time that I walk into that closet, and it's just a it is just a reminder, and there's just peace in that verse for me. Because it is, we do tough things every single day, and you need to you need to know that you're walking and you're walking in somebody's presence who's a lot bigger than than us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Something that's dawning on me right now is, you know, running a company, you have the burden of leadership within your divisions and your different offices and the different teams, but with with your position, you carry the burden of trying to run an office and then. Every company that's a Texo member that you have a relationship with, uh, that brings things to you. So could you talk about how do you balance that mentally? How do you, how do you kind of roll through that in stride and, uh, leave some gas in the tank for your team, for yourself, for your family? Really poorly most days. <laughs> um, and that's probably a common answer that you guys get when you ask that, but there's definitely, it's hard. I mean, it's a struggle. And I think I've been more apt to admit that the last year than ever before. 
I think before that I was kind of running on a whole lot of adrenaline and just excitement and, you know, it, it wears on you. It's so fun. And I love our members and I, I love what Texo does. Like there's not an ounce of me that doesn't want to do what we're doing, but there's also a ton of balance between making sure that you are taking care of the, of the Texo team internally, of our members, of myself, um, of my family. And so there's four really big buckets that deserve a lot of attention. And I loved what Matt Fisher said in y'all's podcast about kind of the pool between work and life. And when you feel like you need to be giving both more is probably where you're about to be or where you need to be. And I just, I thought that, I thought that was really neat because there's a little bit of calm and knowing, okay, <laughs> I'm trying to be better and that's normal, you know, to be stretched pretty, pretty thin. But I think it's also just giving yourself some grace. I, I can't, I can't be everything to everyone. And so what fills me, you know, what, what gives me making sure that I'm working out, making sure that I'm, uh, you know, going to the boys games and that I'm home to eat dinner with them, but then also meeting with members and taking care of the Texo team. And so, um, it's just a balance. I, I don't think there's really anything new there. It's just balance. Well, and it's striking your own balance. You, know, you, you go through seasons where some someone or something needs more attention, and and being able to be flexible through through the balancing process is recognizing that's important. Doing it much more difficult, much, very much more difficult. Yeah, and uh, and saying that it's okay that you don't have it all figured out. Like I think the theme of 2020 has to be it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a I had a, a moment a couple of weeks ago where I was like, I'm just tired. Like everything in me is just tired and I think I need a break. This sprint pace since the middle of March has caught up to me. And I had to give myself grace to say, I probably need to take a few days off, put my out of office on and be gone. I've heard you say that a couple of times through this whole season. And and I know you're saying it to other people too, because it actually ping pong back to me. And somebody said, you know what Melanie told me the other day? (laughs) You can't do the sprint pace for a marathon distance. Uh, and I think there's a lot to that. I think about it in the sense of like a fire, like the fire is super hot. And what that means is it's consuming everything. Right. Right. And you can't let that happen. We we need to be hot, but not, you know, bonfire hot. Yeah. So it's hot always, but not where it consumes everything. And this industry is known for going at such a fast pace for so long, because I think a lot of us are workaholics. And so in construction, you just, you work you know, if you're, if you're working out on site, you're there at 630 to have coffee with the superintendent and you probably won't leave until 630 that night. And that might be early some nights. And so it's just kind of something that's in your brain that we just do in construction. And I don't always think that that's the right answer. Well, one of the things that you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago, that was one of the successes of trying to kind of break through, uh, all these different buckets was kind of forced into an AB schedule at, uh, at the office. So you're, y'all are currently on an AB schedule, right? Correct. And so on your days that you're off, you're finding ways to be much more efficient at home. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? I am. It's probably changed a little bit even since we talked, which is kind of funny. But, you know, so we've we've got four boys at home right now that are all virtual school. And so, man, that changes a house really quickly. And so before I was, I was finding it to be pretty productive because I was at home and the boys were out doing things and I could actually get a lot done. But these last few weeks, it's been, it's been really difficult to get work done at home. 
so I actually find myself, thankfully, uh, my husband works from home every day. And so he, he can watch the boys and now they're pretty self-sufficient now that they're in a couple weeks, but now I really can't hardly do anything at home. So now I'm, I'm on an AB schedule myself up here every single day. Yeah. We're doing the virtual school bit too. And I, th- I think your boys are the same. They'll go back for real on Monday, Tuesday, yes, as soon as possible, as soon as possible. But yeah, our first couple of days were rough too. And they, you know, teachers are doing the best they can, but they never, they didn't sign up to be technology right. professors. They signed up, you know, it's been a struggle to yeah. get them in the right zoom class and make sure they're whatever works and all that. Yeah. Uh, my, my hat goes off to all these teachers. Yes. They're saints. Yes. Very much so. Very much. So. Grace is needed. Yes. It's a lot of people's first time on both sides of the fence, whatever perspective or side you're standing on. Um, so I hope a lot of people realize that when frustration sets in that we're all just going about this the best way we can. That's what I, you know, thinking back to Matt Fisher's podcast, you know, what he said, I think it was actually the opening line on the podcast that said, you know, parents are going to look back on 2020 and be like, oh my goodness. And the kids are going to look back and be like, mom and dad were home. Yeah. And that has actually resonated with me quite a bit. Um, thinking this last week or so of, you know what, take a few minutes, like help them get logged in, help them, you know, cook them pancakes before they start their classes, like do some things while you're still there, because that is what they're going to look back on, create those memories. Because in all reality, that is more important than almost anything else I'll do in my life. Yeah, right. Yeah, they'll look back on it for sure. Um, All right, so we've been going for about 30 minutes. And some advice we're getting from our, our friends and peers is that we should we should stop these down. Uh, and that way people can listen to them on our commute. So I think we probably take a break here uh, and we pick up on the backside of this with mentorship opportunities because uh, there's a story I want to explore uh, from what you were talk- talking about, I think you were talking about earlier. And so I think we pick that up on the backside of a break. 